You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings unfortunately lose tonight 100-123 to the Miami Heat, Davion Mitchell leads all Kings scores tonight with 21 points. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to smash up that like button. And if you would like to join the Royal family with Calvin and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Yeah, Kings fall short to one of the best teams in the league. He came out and shot the lights out, which is what they've done all year long. We got to see Kate out there. There was a, a Kate sighting. We did. Which was nice. And Davion continues to play well. Yeah, he does. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can always join us live after every single game here on YouTube. We'll be right back with your Sacramento Kings nightcap. Welcome back. We are here. Uh, we're not drinking any beers today, Calvin. Uh, we just got back from Arizona. We had an amazing time at a bachelor party. As you can tell, I'm uh, losing my voice a little bit here, but uh, we had an amazing time. And, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to cover the last game against the Orlando Magic, an amazing game where the Kings win in overtime, uh, you know, a steal late in the game to allow the Kings to force it to overtime. And uh, they played really well against one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> but tonight, they lose to one of the best teams, Calvin. First thoughts? Uh, the Miami Heat are a really good team. I, honestly, they're fun to watch. I, you know, as as bad as it was to watch a blowout game like this, um, you know, for a Kings fan or from the Kings perspective, Miami Heat played great basketball. They're a really, really well put together team. Uh, defensively, they're so good at their rotations and, and everybody m moving at the same time, the communication, everybody knows exactly where to be. You know, Duncan Robinson is not a good defender at all. But in this team, on in this system, on this team, he makes plays defensively. He takes charges because he knows exactly where to rotate and where to be. Uh, they're just a very fundamentally sound team. They share the ball really well, and they shoot incredibly well. 
Yeah, and you know Jimmy Butler, Coach Spo, and uh, Udonis Haslam, who actually we got to see on the yeah, court tonight. The, you know, it's a rough night for you when Udonis Haslam gets on the court. They all seem to be on the same page, so I think we were right, Calvin, in uh, mentioning that you know that little blow up on the sidelines was just normal business for them, nothing to worry about. If anything, they're going to go on a deep playoff run, and they're all going to come back and say. Yeah, the moment when we all started yelling at each other and got pissed <laughs> off and Udonis said he was going to beat my ass, that was the moment that we rallied around. And you, you see it happen with good teams, not all the time, but frequently. Yes. I want to remind you all that support for Royal Rebounds is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with the code ROYALFAMILY. That's one word, all capitals, ROYALFAMILY at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls, Calvin. It's a lot of balls. It's a lot of balls. And remember, you can't be a fan of the sacks unless you take care of your own sack. So make sure you get... <laughs> Use that code, get 20% off. All right, so back to the game here. De'Aaron Fox, we saw him on the sidelines tonight. He's still out dealing with a hand injury. Probably not going to play through the rest of the season. Same with uh, Sabonis, who's dealing with a uh, bone bruise in his left knee. We talked about Rashawn Holmes and uh, his personal issues, and he's out for the remainder of the season. We also got to see Alex Len out tonight due to a non-COVID related situation <laughs> whatever that means whatever that means i it mean it does say in here on espn non-covid <laughs> illness but <laughs> and we got to see our buddy jerry reynolds tonight uh or we got to see and hear him as he was uh you know in the booth broadcasting the game very very exciting to see him i haven't heard from him in a while so yep. jerry if you're listening here respond to my message on facebook <laughs> please we would love to have you here on the show or ask one of your grandkids how to open facebook <laughs> messaging so you can find our message and respond yes so as we mentioned kings lose tonight 100 123 calvin um i think we could just dive right here into the box score right yeah yeah i mean it's it was an okay game for a lot of kings players you know that the, the Heat are just a better team overall. As you mentioned, uh, Davion Mitchell, again, continues to play well. 41 more minutes, 21 points, 9 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 2 rebounds. He's still shooting you know, very, very much better than he had been earlier this season. 2 of 4 from 3 today. Damian Jones had 15 points. Harrison Barnes had 17 to go along with 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Trey Lyles, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, and the bench was, you know, they were just okay. Like, the whole team was was just about okay tonight. If you want to see a, a really good box score, though, we can look at Miami's They played box 12 score for guys a tonight. They did, because they were winning <laughs> by a lot for most of this game. Uh, this team is, is number one in the league in – or number one or number two right around that in bench points per game. Houston's the other number one or number two team in the league. We're going to see them in the next game. So – both of these these games, lot really really good benches. I mean, thirty five combined from Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, off the bench is pretty good. And then Bam and Jimmy, you know, continue to do their thing. 
Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody here in the chat. Thank you guys for joining us. I know it's a long season and the Kings are, you know, not officially eliminated from the playoffs, but they will be eliminated very, very soon. As you can see, we have a new setup here. We are preparing for the playoffs. We're going to have uh, an announcement for you guys coming up in the next section. But if you uh, if you would like a little preview of that, you can just go right here into the chat and there is a pinned uh, pin site there for you to go check out. In another window, of course, so that you uh, <laughs> don't tune out Calvin and I. But what's up, Brian? What's up, Jordan? Gotham, I see you here. Thank you guys for joining us. So, Calvin, um, you know, we always talk about king of the game. Kings didn't win this game tonight, but Davion Mitchell, you know, another great game for him. And he's playing a ton of minutes, you know, 41 yes. minutes for him tonight. He was the hero uh, in the last game against Orlando. The dude is playing absolutely incredible for a first-year rookie just giving the keys to this franchise through the rest of the season uh he's exciting to watch you know uh you and i had talked about how you know davion was kind of a do-it-yourself guy um you know nine assists for him tonight he's definitely moving the ball around and getting guys involved yeah his his playmaking has been really really good uh, as of late and uh, you know i I feel that it's pretty much just a a product of him. He doesn't have to worry about playing with anybody anymore. There's no Tyrese out there. There's no De'Aaron out there. Uh, it's his team, and so he is. He has the and green no light to do whatever he wants. And no Sabonis, yeah. <laughs> Who but also I mean, passes it, the ball. He does, but it, at least that's a big man. You know, like it, it's not this three-headed guard monster anymore that he doesn't have to worry about stepping on people's toes. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I think he it, that's the type of player he is, which makes me wonder, you know, what the best way to, to use him going forward is. Uh, I don't know whether next year the, you would think to try to start him alongside De'Aaron Fox or continue to bring him off the bench. I, I don't know how much to read into it. His numbers as a starter are really, really much better than his numbers coming off the bench. I think there's got to be some sort of evening out there. Like it, it can't be that he plays that well always as a starter and won't mm -hmm. if you bring him off the bench. There's got to be some fall back, you know, to earth there a little bit. But the guy is really good at running a team. I think we saw it in in college. Even though that team was well built and had other people that could do things, score and and assist and find others and stuff like that, he was the engine that made that team go. And I think you're seeing him revert back to that right now in these past few games where it, he's had, you know, little help out there and he's been the one that's supposed to do all the heavy lifting for this team. Yeah, and, you know, if he starts through the rest of the season and he ends up getting traded in this offseason, he's not going to have time to revert back here in Sacramento. And, you know, I, I love Davion Mitchell. I want him to be a part of this team. But the front office has been consistent in, in terms of saying they want to add talent. They're going to be aggressive. The better this guy plays like this, Calvin, through the rest of the season, the better it is for him and for Sacramento. Um, but, you know, just seeing this guy ball out there is is making me lean towards the fact that he is going to get traded with the pick. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. I, I don't know. I mean, it'll have to depend on just him and the pick alone, salary-wise, that isn't going to do much, you know, in terms of getting a really big-name player back, mm -hmm. right? There, There's going to have to be other pieces involved in that but I think you make a very good point if he finishes out the season and, and this would be you know close to a 15 
15 game stretch or so. Yeah, where he's averaging like over 20. Where he's and... putting up these types of numbers. Yep. It's a small sample size, yes, but you've seen him do this in flashes earlier already this season. I think it would definitely make a lot of teams think, uh, you, you know, in terms of, oh, this is a guy that should be on our radar. We, we want to grab this guy. The only thing is there aren't a lot of teams that really need point guards out there. Yeah. Point guard is a pretty well-fed position in this league right now. So uh, who it knows? Is. Who it knows? is. What's up, Alex? See you there. Yes, we are here covering postgame. And Jerry is awesome, man. It, it's just really good to see that guy here. Steven, do you guys see the Kings being able to bring in some talent in the offseason? You know, the short answer is yes, I do. Um as far as like trade market goes, it really depends on what's available. You know, it takes two to tango. The Kings are not going to be able to pry a guy away from a good team if they don't want to trade him. Now, the fact that the Kings are back in the draft lottery, or, or they will be in one or two games here, they will have a shot at another high draft pick. And, you know, even if they're at nine or 12, they just had 9 and 12 the past two seasons, and they were able to add significant talent. One of them was traded for an all-star, and the other one we're talking about right now that could potentially get traded. So, yes, the Kings will be able to bring in some talent this offseason. I, I believe it 100%. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is the answer for me to the question is yes, because Monty McNair has done everything that he said he's going to do so far. He's added talent to this team. He's stacked assets. He's drafted best available, um, and he's used that to acquire better talent. So, yeah, I think I have to trust him at this point. The real question is what type of or how much talent are they going to yep. be able to bring in this offseason? That is the harder one to answer. Yeah, look over there. Were you shocked when they traded Tyrese Halliburton? Because I was, and they did it anyways. What's up, Dennis? Good to see you here. I wonder what Monty thinks about Davion. We're going to jump into this stuff. How could he not love him? (laughs) Yeah. We're going to jump into some more trade and and draft and all that stuff in the next section, but we're going to finish wrapping up the game here. So, Calvin, look at the team stats here tonight. The big difference for me, you know, especially early on in this game, was just rebounding and shooting percentage. The Kings just couldn't make shots. Uh, You know, Miami was getting everything they wanted, and they were making it all while they were out rebounding Sacramento. But, you know, like, that's what I would have told you before the game happened because the Kings are missing all these players. And as you mentioned, Miami is one of the best teams in the league. I think they're second right now in the East. Um, they just went to the finals like two years ago. They pretty much have everybody on that team, and their younger guys have gotten even better. So, you know, I think Miami had a bad year last year. Um, they had some injury problems and stuff like that. But – Miami Heat is not a team to sleep on. So, you know, looking at this box score and all this stuff, like, I am not surprised at all. The only thing I'm really surprised about in this box score is that Miami turned the ball over more than Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that would – yeah, I mean, the, this box score, you don't learn anything from it. All it says is that it tells you something that you should have already been able to guess. A really good team beat a bad team by a lot of points. Yeah, and as Javier says, they built their team through the draft and the D or the G League. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they were even mentioning that some of these guys were on the Stockton Kings before they end up signing with Miami. So, Probably. I mean, look, yeah, Dwayne Dedman came in and gave the Kings some problems tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's sad, I, I man. It just I, tells you everything you need to know. Hearing that name, Calvin, just 
watching the game and I'm like, Dwayne Deadman, <laughs> right. this guy is still in the league. He's not yeah. in Atlanta anymore. The Kings really F that situation up. Hero was the 15th pick. Bam was the 14th pick. Duncan, yep. Man, I like Ty Tyler Hero a lot. They did a great job. He obviously. would be one of my absolute top targets this offseason if he is available, but I don't think he's available at this point. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Alfie? Steven, good to see you guys all here. Uh, as you guys can see or hear, uh, Calvin and I had a lot of fun in Arizona <laughs> over the weekend, so we were not more so here. available uh, you know, to do post-game for Orlando. I'm still trying to find my voice. But uh, check out our new uh, our new setup we have here. We're getting ready for the playoffs. If you guys are interested in subscribing uh, or, sorry, I don't want to ruin it. If you want a preview of what we're doing, uh, click that link at the top of the chat. And, uh, by the way, I'm on the whole thing with stage. Oh, man, we're, we're going to talk about Will Smith again. Oh, well, let's gosh. finish up this game. And then I'd, I'm, ra I'd rather talk about this uh, Stephen I'd be happy to talk here. about it. GM question. Go for it. Uh, I'll let you go first. If you were Kings GM, how would you attract a superstar or veteran player to come to the Kings, or would you just go young talent and draft picks? Well, you know, the Kings have not been known for attracting superstar players. I think the only way the Sacramento is going to get a superstar is either through trading or through the draft, and either uh, both of those don't require attracting. So for me, it's just really what's going to be or who's going to be available at this point. Um, I think Monty has proven that there's a time to be aggressive. There's a time to be patient. If there's nobody to be had this offseason, he's going to add through the draft. He's going to make, you know, small little tinkers, stuff to add to this team. And then when somebody does become available, because they always come available, look at Jimmy Butler. How many times that guy's been traded? You know, like a, a bunch of these superstars – they do become available. You just have to be patient, and you have to be waiting, and you have to have all the assets and everything. Like, like look how many superstars got traded this season. Yeah, and you also have to hope that they're not too far past their prime or, you know, are still the, the type of player that you're uh, attempting to, to get. But I, I agree with everything that you said. I, I think it when it comes to superstar talent, the only way that you're really going to do that in Sacramento is going out and trading for somebody. Yep. Sure, it's possible that you could pick up the phone one early July afternoon or late morning and call up somebody like LeBron and say, hey, you know, do you want to sign in Sacramento? And maybe you get lucky and they say yes. But it's pretty unlikely. You know, that's just the way it goes for a small market team that isn't any good. To me, that's why you have to go out and do the dirty work yourself or do the hard work, draft or, or, draft or trade for a big-time player, and then you use that as leverage to, le to lure or reel other big-name players in through free agency. Yeah, Brian, that LBJ injury was horrible-looking, and he said he feels horrible, but you know we don't really know exactly the extent of it at this point. He has proven to be a pretty fast healer, um, but you know the playoffs are just a few weeks away. And they're yeah, already did not look good. They're already struggling, so not good for them. Javier, we welcome any fan to this channel. So if you're a Heat fan, feel free to come hang out. And uh, as I mentioned, we are going to be doing some playoff coverage. So click that link right up above in the chat there if you want to uh, check out our all NBA channel. We're going to be starting April 11th. Okay, Calvin, what else you want to do here on this game tonight, or should we move on? It seems like everybody wants to talk about trades. 
and drafts and all this stuff. Is there anything else you want to mention about this game tonight? I don't think there's much else to say. You know, as we said, it's it was a really good team, played a good game against a team that has all its best players out and, and is already a struggling team even with those guys. So just a tall order for Sacramento today. Uh, Kings lose more games than Miami has won at this point. So another another accomplishment Thanks, Javier. Appreciate for you. your Sacramento Kings. And also we got to give a shout out to Asha here for the super oh, yes, sticker. Thank you, Asha. We appreciate it. That's a that's a pretty cool one there. All right. If you need to break the seal, here's your chance. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. It is always important to prune the shrubs, Cal. It makes the house look bigger. Oh, hey guys, welcome back. Just want to remind you all that support for Royal Rebounds is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ROYALFAMILY. That's all capitals, one word, ROYALFAMILY at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls, Calvin. That's a lot of balls. It is a lot of balls. That's a lot of balls. But let's tell them about what they're going to get, Barry, right? The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight if you need a little more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. If you thought that was good but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level, the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose, Ear, and Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code ROYALFAMILY. 
That's right. Get 20% off in free shipping with the code ROYALFAMILY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code ROYALFAMILY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. If you want to be a part of the Royal Family, you need to take care of the family jewels. All right, guys. Welcome back. Sorry about that. We had to pay some ads here at Royal Rebounds. And uh, we're back to talk about basketball. But Calvin, I think it's time to make the announcement. As many of you know, the Kings are uh, not making the playoffs this season, which is quite unfortunate because, you know, as Kings fans and as basketball fans, that is just less games for us to watch. However, we are basketball fans. So Calvin and I have decided uh, that we are going to be hosting some playoff coverage on our new channel called Basketball at the Bar. This is what it looks like. Um, And we are going to be discussing all teams in the NBA starting April 11th. We're going to be covering the play-in tournament, um, the NBA playoffs. We're going to have a draft party, all this good stuff. Do not worry. Royal Rebounds is not going anywhere. However, Royal Rebounds will not be covering the Kings for the playoffs because, Calvin, why not? Because the Kings won't be in the playoffs, but you can't stop us from talking about basketball. So we'll talk about the rest of the teams in the playoffs. Yeah, so we have a cool concept for basketball at the bar. We're going to be very interactive with everyone in the chat, answering all your questions, talking about all the teams in the league and all the hot topics, including Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock. But uh, make sure you guys go and subscribe to that channel. Um, You can go in the description of this video. There is a link. It's called Basketball at the Bar or in the top of the chat. It is pinned. Just go ahead and open that link in a new tab, of course, and uh, hit subscribe. All right, Calvin. First things first here. We're talking about off-season moves between the Kings, the Heat, some of these other teams. Which one of these questions do you want to go after first? Dealer's choice. All right. Heat don't have any superstars, but the issue is that the Kings haven't hit on any picks in recent years, and then we trade them. I don't know if I exactly agree with that. I I feel like Jimmy Butler is a very underrated player in the NBA because most people don't look at him as a superstar. And, you know, Calvin and I have had a lot of discussions in the past of trying to clarify exactly what a superstar is, right, or a star. I definitely think that Tyler Hero is one in the making, though. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I also think Bam Adebayo is incredibly underrated and probably a star in the making as well. I mean, now mm-hmm. the guy's even got Olympic experience, gold medal, all this stuff. So the Heat maybe, again, it's like you just said, it's what is your actual definition and how do you classify what a superstar is. But the Heat have more talent on their roster than it, it, definitely at least half the league, I'll say. Oh, I mean, they're, way more. They're incredibly talented from top to bottom. And they might not have a superstar, but they have all-stars or – uh, you know, top 50 players in the and league a culture right now, and, a, and superstar a culture front on their office. team. Yeah. So they're, they're very well put together and they have, they have great role players and they have legit, you know, stars for their team yeah. as well. You know, they even have guys like Victor Oladipo who don't even play. For he, them. Yeah. Like, I, know, I know. That's how good this team is. Yeah. That's wild. Um, you know, during during the game today, they were talking about a weigh-in, you know, at Miami going in, you know, an off-season training camp where they weigh everybody and you get basically fined if you don't make it. You know, Pat Riley is even one of those guys that has to yeah. weigh in, which is yeah. awesome because 
if you want to set a better example, you got to have your top guys actually doing it. My question to you, Calvin, is have you heard of any other teams in the NBA do this? Because I know Miami's been famous for this for a while, and I'm like, why is nobody else picking up on this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe there are other teams that do it, and they just don't want it to be known, or you know, they don't really care <laughs> about that being a known fact, um, and Miami gets all the press for it or whatever. I, I'd be surprised to hear that there's not a, a single other team that doesn't do something similar. Maybe it's not the exact mm -hmm. same thing, but you know, good teams have good cultures for a reason and it's from the top to the bottom. That's true. Javier, I got a question for you. Um, you know, you say I trade Sabonis for a top 10 pick and go full rebuild. Why the Kings just traded a guy in Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis I know he was not a top 10 pick, but he's top 12, and he's proven or at least shown that he's a very capable player. You know, draft picks are great and all, but, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get from a draft pick. Why would they trade, in my opinion, a future uh, top 10, maybe top 15 point guard in Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis, and then just ride out the rest of the season and then trade him for a pick. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Also, I'd like to hear why you don't think Jimmy Butler's an all-star caliber player. I mean, the, the guy's already made all-star teams, so I, I'd love to have him on the Kings, that's for sure. Very sad. Trait Fox. Is that trait now, not trade? I'm, I'm broken. I mean, we all, man. We Aren't broke we a all? while ago, man. We broke, we broke a while ago. All right, Dennis. Remember when Jimmy Butler and Coach Spo were fighting the other day? They have some internal problems. I don't think so, Dennis. I, I really don't. I just think that that is the culture of Miami, and some people look at that as a negative thing. I don't look at that as a negative thing at all. It's, it's all these guys are emotional. They all care, care about winning. They're all very, very competitive guys, and they all really want the same thing. And I think that they agree on that. Maybe something like that in the moment was a big deal. But uh, I think that they really, uh, I think they moved past that. I don't think that was a big issue at all. I think they moved past that like that night. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, just wait. When they win the, the championship this year, they're all going to have cigars in their mouth and be laughing about that very moment. They'll have pictures or shirts with, made with Are you calling it? pictures on the. No, I'm not calling it. But I guarantee you if they do win the title, they will all point back to that moment and say Definitely. That it was the catapult or the, you know, whatever that that got us focused and ready to go down the home stretch. Yeah, you know, we uh we all talk about you know, the Kings need a fire, they need a competitive culture, they need that guy. Miami has a lot of those guys and they don't always get along, you know, as you saw the other night, but like I said, they all want the same thing. And if anything, that's going to light a fire under that team. So I, I would really, I would really look out for that. And, you know, I, I agree with Calvin. I'm not going to be picking them as champion, but I would not be surprised if they won the championship at all. The so talent, it, it certainly the culture, everything. Yes. Uh, yes, we are starting another channel. Um, we will continue to have two channels, Royal Rebounds and our new channel, Basketball at the Bar. You can check it out in the description of this video or in the top of the chat. It's pinned there. It starts April 11th. As you can see, our new background and our new designs, 
it's going to be a very, very cool concept where we're going to have uh, about five shows a week, Monday through Friday. Each show is going to be about an hour long. We're going to be very interactive with our, our guests, and uh, we're just going to have a really good time. All right, Calvin, um, do you want to touch on this Will Smith thing at all? I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. I've seen the memes. I know that he slapped Chris Rock. I don't know what the joke was. I don't personally care too much. I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but... He made a joke about Jada Smith having a bald head and said that she could star in G.I. Jane 2. Okay. That was the joke. Okay. And so then Will Smith got pissed and walked up there and hit him or slapped him or punched him, whoever, however you want to take it. I've heard all the different things from different people, <laughs> but it's a, it's a crazy situation. I feel bad for everybody involved. I really do. Yeah. I, I hope they can figure it out. Spo is not dumb. He pushed the matter more to fire the team and wake them up. The heat are built to win. I wish uh, our ownership would hire some heat assistance to build our culture. Of course, Will Smith plays basketball. You never seen the Fresh Prince, or are you too young for that? <laughs> I'm funny. sorry, man. That was a joke. Don't 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 at don't me. Don't be upset. Yeah, don't slap me. <laughs> yes, we are going to do NBA playoffs, but it's not going to be here on Royal Rebounds. We're going to still be putting out content, maybe like one video a week or so for Royal Rebounds, and we're going to be doing you know like a draft party. We're going to be doing a draft lottery, all that stuff. But check out the new channel, Basketball at the Bar. Like I said, it's up there. We're going to be doing videos Monday through Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun. So check it out. All right, Calvin, moving on here. We circled May 17th as the draft lottery on our calendars. That's a huge date from now, and it's just under about two months away. Is there anything for you that needs to happen as far as like the Kings go before that date or are they just basically waiting till that happens and that's going to unlock the future for them? Yeah, I I think they are definitely waiting on the draft lottery right now because, well, the most important reason is basically everybody believes the Kings are going to look for a big time trade this Mm -hmm. offseason. One of their best assets that could be involved in this trade is potentially their first round draft pick this year. Yep. So until you know what that is, it's really hard to go talk to other teams. You know, a lot of teams are going to be in the middle of playoff runs anyway, so you wouldn't really be able to talk to anybody. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think, you know, it's a long season. You've got guys who are hurt right now. I think everybody is just kind of anxious to get, a little break and, and reset mm-hmm. uh, all the expectation of this season kind of washes away and you're back to the, the drawing board, both for the players and for the front office. And you have at least one all-star going into the season and Sabonis, if the Kings hold on to him for me, you know, I, I'm really circling that date on my calendar, but at the same time, I'm, I'm keeping track of coaches right now. You know, I, I feel like a lot yeah. of assistant yeah. coaches get interviewed during the playoffs, especially That's late true. in. Um, you know, the Kings can't afford to be passive here. You know, like I'm not saying rush into hiring somebody because I feel like that's what happened with Luke Walton. And, you know, uh, I could name a whole list of guys. Right. <laughs> but 
they need to be ready if the right person falls into place. Don't be too needy. Don't be too greedy. Um, but they definitely need to be paying attention to their coaching search over the next two months. Uh, for me, that is probably my number one priority in the offseason. You know, I, I like to trade for another guy. You know, I like to win the draft lottery and, and all that stuff. But I feel like the coaching search is the only thing that's 100% in their hands at this point, where it's like totally up to them. So for me, that's number one. And uh, I would like to bring in, you know, some more talent. But that that's more out of their hands than it is in yeah. their hands. Right now is what I'm saying is right now. Yeah. No, yeah, you're, you're right, absolutely. They could definitely do some – get a lot of the groundwork done in the coaching search, yeah. you know, in those first couple weeks after the season ends. Are we on the same page that Alvin Gentry's out? I don't – I never saw him staying to begin with. What about so. his assistant? Which one? Head assistant? I mean, he was just assistant coach – Oh, you mean last season. him stay yeah. as head assistant? Yeah. I think it's unlikely, but it's it's certainly possible. Um, you know, when you see a new new coaching changes, a lot of times that means there's going to be a turnover on the staff. I mean, the head coach kind of, in most cases, I think, likes to be able to pick some of their, their people that they trust mm -hmm. to bring in, as well as, you know, I'm sure you'll see guys like Rico Hines stay – probably Doug Christie if he wants to stay. Um, but there there will probably be a couple of changes on there as well. And and unfortunately for Alvin, he was, you know, it's like musical chairs. He got moved up yep. to the head man. Now he's out of that seat and there aren't going to be any more chairs left for him. You know, I, I have this strange feeling, and, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, but I have this strange feeling that Mike D'Antoni is going to end up in Sacramento somehow. You know, you look at a guy like De'Aaron Fox, what type of or style of play works well for him. Um, and then you look at, like, Mike D'Antoni's history with the Rockets, with Monty McNair, with some of these players. Who is his assistant coach in Phoenix? Alvin Gentry. Exactly. So, you know, I could see a strange situation where Mike D'Antoni comes in here and takes over this team, and Alvin Gentry is uh, becomes the assistant again. And, you know, the reason I say that is because – I feel like Alvin Gentry is not an ego guy, right? I feel like he really cares about the league. I feel like he cares about these young players in Sacramento, and he actually wants his team to do well. I think that he would be willing to take a step back to bring in a guy like Mike D'Antoni and still have an impact on this team. Uh, I just, I guess what I'm saying is I don't feel like he's one of those guys that's like, oh, you guys didn't want me as a head coach, I'm out. Yeah, I, I feel like that as well. And what's a better way to do it with Mike D'Antoni, De'Aaron Fox? You know, like, uh, I don't want to compare, compare guys too much, but, you know, Steve Nash and De'Aaron Fox are, are not very comparable in my mind. You know, like, yes, high-tempo, fast-paced offense. Steve Nash is nowhere near the athlete that De'Aaron Fox is. And De'Aaron Fox is not anywhere near the passer that Steve Nash was. But, you know, you look at a guy like Sabonis and a guy like Amari Stoudemire, I feel like there's a lot more similarities between those two guys. And, you know, uh, maybe you could run some kind of deer and fox, Sabonis pick and roll, how the Suns ran that with Nash oh, and Stoudemire. They're both too talented of players for somebody like Mike, Mike D'Antoni to not be able to figure out how to, to put those guys together. I, I think – 
I don't know if it would be similar, how similar it would be to the system they ran in Phoenix, but there's no doubt in my mind that something, they would be able to make something work. Um, there's a good point in the chat here. Maybe Mike D'Antoni does only wants to work for contending teams at this point. That could be an obstacle that the Kings have in sign in trying to bring him on, but he's an assistant coach on the eighth seed right now in the East. Yeah. Don't you think he'd rather be head coach on a team that might have a chance to make the playoffs next season? Yeah, but don't you also think there are going to be teams that have a much better chance of making the playoffs that will offer him jobs as well? Maybe. So I mean, I'm just saying that I think there's a fair point to that. Like th that might be yeah. something that is a snag in in the road to trying to to hire him. That's Maybe true. Maybe he's he's an old guy now. Like he knows he doesn't have a big window, right? For mm -hmm. Uh, for winning in, in the NBA. So maybe he wants to go to a team that's a little bit more sped up in that process. If he were to come to Sacramento, do you think it could be a mistake? Like, you know, you talk about an older coach that wants to win now. The last one that the Kings brought in is George Carl, and that mm -hmm. ended up being a disaster yeah. for Sacramento. Yeah. Could you see a similar situation? Are the Kings better off bringing in a younger coach that's going to kind of grow and build, or – is it worth taking a shot on this guy? I think it would definitely be worth taking a shot on him if, if he's willing to come here. You know, I, as I've said before, I think the Kings need, in order to, to become a better team and to take that next step, step to being a playoff team, they, they need a legit head coach. They need somebody who is well-respected and, and commands a locker room right away from day one. Uh, and maybe that's Mike D'Antoni, maybe it's somebody else. But I, I don't think that – if I was hiring the head coach for the Kings, their age probably wouldn't play a huge role for me, whether mm -hmm. they're super young or super old. I'm, I'm just looking for, or older, I guess that's kind of mean to say, but um, I would just be looking for the right guy for this team. Yeah. It, it doesn't bother me how many years experience they have or, or whatever. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. Fit on the team combined with, uh, you know, willingness to commit to Sacramento, wanting to be there. And, uh, you know, I also feel like there's a lot of coaches in the, this league that have players that love to play for them. And no matter where they go, those players follow. Maybe Mike D'Antoni has some of those guys, uh, maybe a P.J. Tucker or, or something like that that we've talked about. I'm sure there are a few talked about. there, yeah. But, uh, you know, Monty needs to finally get his guy in charge. And if I were to say or name any coach in the NBA that I think has probably the biggest connection with Monty McNair, it's probably going to be Mike D'Antoni. And, and that's just based on the, all, all the Houston stuff. It really is. I would go young and find better people for development. We need to pay someone that has some traction with picks and helping a young organization grow. I mean, uh, I, I agree with you, Javier. You know, the last guy that I thought the Kings had that did that was Mike Malone. And then, you know, he left and then they brought in uh, Coach Yeager. And I've, everyone complained about how this guy doesn't know how to work with young players. He only works. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's with old players. He was with Memphis and, and Gasol and Randolph and all that stuff. He showed everyone he could work with young players. So I, I don't want to, like, group people into these categories. A good coach is a good coach. And... Uh, I think any of these coaches in the NBA has, has had past experiences with young or developing players. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I don't disagree with the the thought or the idea, but, I mean, Rico Hines is everybody you talk to around the league would say that he's one of the best in the business. He's been head of player development in Sacramento for how many years now? I think three. Three? So they supposedly have – great people in player development already. Now, I, I get it. They, the team hasn't really brought up and, and produced great talent out of their young players, aside from really De'Aaron Fox, you know, in the past five years or so. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as going out and getting better people, they supposedly already have that. So I think the head coach is definitely the, the piece that is going to tie this all together. They've got to find... They have a collection of good players, but as we heard from James Hamm earlier this year, they're not—they're just a collection of players. They're yep. not a team yet. Yep. So they need the coach to make them a team. The coach makes them a team. And whoever it is that they hire, they need to give them at least three years and just don't mess with it. Just let them, let them have their time. You know, like we were not big Luke Walton fans, and, you know, we, we were yelling for him to get fired, and he did get fired. But, you know, at some point, the Kings need to have some consistency. And uh, that starts with the coaching staff. Monty needs to bring his guy in. Everyone needs to chill out and say, okay, these are our players. This is our coach. This is our GM. Let's give them some time to create, build something, as Calvin mentioned, uh, make these players an actual team and, you know, have some time to work with guys. Like Alvin Gentry, worst position ever this season, just – taken over halfway through the season and everyone's yelling, we got to make the playoffs or you're out of here 16 straight years. Uh, you know, we cannot repeat that again. We cannot. No, Javier, those guys probably aren't going to come sign here, but if they're traded here and they get the team gets a new coach and all of a sudden they start winning and make the playoffs, that's your opportunity for re-signing a player of this that caliber, right? Like that's – pretty much the king's only option cuz they're not going to be able to sign these guys in the in the offseason. Uh, Maybe you get lucky and you draft a player like this, but these guys don't come around very often. So yeah. they they've got to try to 
they've got to try to take matters into their own hands here. They got to do what they did with Harrison Barnes. And not not that he's a superstar or anything like that, but the the ability to bring a guy in through a trade, impress him enough, and make him resign. Beal or Middleton, Calvin? I th- I think this is pretty easy for me. Which one would I rather have? Yeah, I, doesn't matter to me. Give me no. either one. No, okay. No, they're I'm, they're both two way players. They both have good size. They're excellent shooters. Very reliable defenders. Middleton's got a little bit more length, but I think Beal's a better defender overall. Uh, it doesn't matter. Give me either one of these guys. That You're asking me, what do I want uh, to eat? You know, a filet mignon or lobster? Put them side by side. Like, I want I, both. I'll take either one. I want both. What's up, Phoenix? Good to see you here. Uh, we're just hanging out. As you can uh, see, we have a new uh, background and set here. Unfortunately, Kings aren't making the playoffs. However, we are starting a second channel. We're yes, going to. Con- Bradley Beal actually does play defense. We're the gonna, team's horrible, but we're going to con- continue to have this channel. Uh, but if you want to subscribe to our new channel, Basketball at the Bar, starting April 11th, we're going to be covering the entire NBA playoffs. It's going to be really fun. So check it down below in the description or at the top of the chat. We have it pinned there. And uh, Vinny just posted that again in there. Beal versus Middleton is irrelevant. irrelevant. Drew Holiday has been significantly better than both this year. I love Drew Holiday a lot, too. Um, And you're right, it is irrelevant because we're asked, like, give me any of those players, you know? Give me any of them. It doesn't matter. And, you know, that kind of goes back to Calvin and I's point of, you know, nobody on this team is really untradeable at this point. All we're trying to do is just add talent, however that that may come. If it's Bradley Beal, if it's P.J. Tucker, if it's Chris Middleton, if it's, you know, we're trying to just continue to add talent to this team because that's what we need to do. And then they need to bring in the coaching staff to make all these guys, you know, get along, get together, play together, and, and work towards one goal, and that's uh, making the playoffs. Calvin, do you like fake wrestling? I didn't know it was fake. As it's opposed fake. to real wrestling? <laughs> uh, I used to watch a lot of wrestling when I was a kid. Um, I think I went to, I think it was like my 13th birthday or something. I went to Arco, and uh, WWF was there. And Kurt Angle came on stage with a milk gun and was shooting milk uh, into the crowd. So happy I was on the second level. <laughs> so happy. Yep. And we do play Thanks NBA sub, 2K Phoenix. when we can. Yes, we do. We actually did a 2K rebuild on this very channel. So you can go back and, and look through that if you want to see it. Yes, did it, a was, couple of them, it was called WWF before they got sued by the World Wildlife Foundation and they had to change their name to WWE. But, uh, yeah, I, I have not watched in a really, really long time. But I like Triple H. I like The Rock. I think The Rock was my favorite guy. Not Chris Rock, but the other Rock. The background does look like a Brooklyn Nets fanatic would have. I can see that. I mean, that's fine. We're covering all the teams. I want to hear from you guys in the chat here. Who do you guys think are winning the NBA championship this year? Calvin's got an awesome replica trophy uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks championship last season. But I just uh, I want to hear from you guys. Priest, we're going to be we're not switching our, our channel here at all. You know, the background will remain purple. We're just giving you guys a quick little preview into the new channel and what that'll look like because it's all NBA, not just Kings. 
Thoughts on the East play-in situation. My thoughts are I'm glad my Raptors are tied for fifth in the East, being out of the play-in and not having to face the bloody monster and KD in the play-in. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Uh, and Kyrie Irving's back full-time. Yeah, he is. And we know what's time. happening with Ben Simmons. I heard he was traveling with the team. He is. I don't think he's anywhere near close to playing, though. Okay. He has a, a herniated disc. He's got to get his. Back. He's got to get his phone out of his pocket. Yeah, Alfie says the Booker's really. You think Phoenix, huh? I'm down with that. Thanks for the explanation. Yeah, go go subscribe, Priest. We're we're excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, we're not getting rid of Royal Rebound, so don't worry about that. We're just gonna. We love doing this so much. We want to. Uh, we want to have two channels, and we would love for you guys to uh, subscribe. So looking here at the East plan, you know, this is tough, man. You got right now Cleveland, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Atlanta. Uh, you know, Brooklyn for me is easy, easily the best team on this list. Cleveland is also a really great team and a huge team. This team's got like they were, we're starting like, what, three or four seven-footers at one point this season, yeah. which is absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, they got a ton of talent on that team, and they actually made some moves at the trade deadline to get better too. So I like that team a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm thinking Charlotte and Atlanta are going to be out just because I can't see them winning two games against either of these teams if this is what the final standings look like. Yeah, I, I would be surprised. I think this is – well, who knows? I mean, the Raptors and the Bulls are, are only a game ahead of Cleveland right now for that seven spot, so you could see some change in there. But, I, I, yeah, I think – kind of have to put your money right now on Cleveland and Brooklyn coming out of that playing tournament. I would hate to be Miami playing against Brooklyn in the first round. I really well, would. Well, if Brooklyn wins, they're going to play Philadelphia oh, in the yeah. first round. Oh, yeah. Which everybody is, you know, salivating at the mouth for, that James Harden versus Kyrie and Kevin Durant matchup in the first round of the playoffs. That would be fun to watch. That'd be really interesting. It's kind of uh, interesting that all of a sudden Kyrie Irving is allowed to play now, and it's like the playoffs are starting in a few weeks. I mean, I think it had to happen at some point. So if it didn't happen before the playoffs, then it, it would have been a crime for sure. Javier, you guys have to cover the heat in the nets in the first round. You know, the beauty of it, Javier, is we're going to be covering every team in yeah, every we'll game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And so, you know, uh, we would love to. You know, the, the toughest thing about, you know, just doing Royal Rebounds, and don't get me wrong here because we really love Royal Rebounds, but, you know, we're more than just Kings fans. We love all basketball, all the NBA, everything. And just having the opportunity to talk about every single subject and every game and all that is so exciting for us. So uh, I, I hope you guys join us for that. I'll give my take on Miami. They are the biggest frauds in the East. Their shot creation is garbage. They have two complete non-shooters in their closing lineup. Plus, Kyle is having a very down year from three. You know who's also having a very down year from three? Jimmy Butler. I think he's shooting like 20% on the season. Oh, he's way less than that. Crazy. But uh, I, I'm not sleeping on Miami, man. I, Calvin and I were talking about earlier. I think that uh, that blow up they had a few days ago might propel them. But yeah, I mean they're 
they're an incredibly talented team still. And, and if they get hot from three, you know, all all of their guys like Lowry and, and PJ Tucker sitting that corner three, they're a top ten team defensively. They have been all year. Uh, they also, I don't feel like have really ever hit their full stride um, because they've had between COVID and injuries just all year long, they've had guys in and out, but they have one of the best benches in the league. Um, I, I, I don't, I can't bring myself to call them a fraud in the East. If they came out of the Eastern conference, I would not think it was a shock, um, especially with, you know, Boston now just lost one of their key players, probably for the or yeah definitely for the rest of the season torn meniscus for robert williams i realize he's not jason tatum or um jalen brown but he is leading the nba in um opponent shooting percentage being the closest defender which i didn't realize ron artest very important part to their team and came back from a torn meniscus in like two weeks well not everybody is ron artest some who knows (laughs) maybe he does come back at some point that was a crazy thing anyway that was kind of a tangent my point is I, I like Miami as a lot as a team I love their three-headed monster really of hero Butler and um, Adebayo it when these guys are all healthy and playing well together they're scary defensively and if they're shooting well from the outside you know pretty much good luck beating this team yeah you know a few years ago well, it was actually more than a few years ago. Uh, the year that Iguodala won finals MVP, I'm like, just let the guy shoot. He doesn't shoot well at all. His numbers were horrible. And all he had to do was shoot well for one series, and they won the championship. So, yeah. you know, all these guys are capable of making shots. Jimmy Butler is more than capable of making a three-pointer. I, I don't care how bad he shot. Uh, you know, if he's taking the last shot, I'm still worried uh, if I'm the opponent. Yeah. And, and over – or, uh, excuse me, playoff depth – might be or, or having depth in the playoffs might I don't know if it's overrated I don't see how you how it could be overrated your bench does shorten in the playoffs but the types of players that they are going to have coming off their bench are still yep. better than the other team's bench players so and I, I bet LeBron would have wanted to have a deep bench when uh, Kyrie Irving hurt his knee uh, where Kevin Love hurt his uh, what was it his elbow or his shoulder you know, there's been so many instances here where people get injured in the playoffs. Look at the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. You know, if that team yeah, was uh, Andre Iguodala's Finals MVP coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Only meta world piece is Ron Artest. I think he changed his name again. Didn't he change his name again? Yeah, I don't know what it is now. <laughs> Can't keep track of that guy. Lots of world peace is probably what it is now. And Spo is an amazing coach in an amazing system. I, I don't know, man. Like it depends on the series, depends on the the situation, I guess. I, let's talk about the I, West. I don't here. know if you can say one's better than the other. They're both really good. To L- have. Let's talk about the West because I, I think you and I agree that the East has it has some talent in it. You know, like uh, Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, Chicago, uh, Brooklyn. I feel like all those guys really do have a shot to win a championship. Maybe some of those other teams like Toronto, Cleveland, uh, maybe even Chicago. It might be a year or two early. But, you know, there's a reason they play the game, and all these guys are have been very competitive this season, and they're all in the race here. But as far as the West goes, you know, we only have two teams that have really locked up right now playoff spots. Phoenix, best record in the NBA. They just lost in the finals last year. If Chris Paul can some 
how find a way to get healthy and stay healthy through these playoffs or through the finals. Uh, they are a team I would definitely look out for. And Memphis is playing incredible. I, I think the Phoenix can make it to the finals without Chris Paul. I really do. Really? Yeah. First of all, the West is not as strong as the East, in my opinion. Yeah. So they're probably only going to have may one series that's real. You know, that Western Conference final series could be the the really difficult one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cameron Payne is, I think, he could start for a lot of teams in this league. Is he as good as Chris Paul? Absolutely not. But the team, I think, is good enough already around them that. He's better than an injured Chris Paul. It's going to hurt to not have Chris Paul, but I I think this team can get to the finals without Chris Paul. Okay, that's good to know. And uh, as far as the playing tournament right now, you currently have Minnesota, uh, the Clippers, New Orleans, and L.A. Uh, You know, San Antonio is actually (laughs) – tied with the Lakers in the win column right now, which is absolutely crazy because the Kings were felt like they were ahead of San Antonio like two weeks ago in, yeah. in the standings. Just for a little bit. Maybe they did still have a chance. But, you know, with Anthony Davis uh, and LeBron James and, you know, all this other drama that they've been having going on in L.A., the Lakers could potentially just not even make the play. Uh, it's more than potential it's a very realistic possibility possibility at this point so let's just pretend that all four of those teams are making who do you have going through man that's tough i mean if lebron's not going to play that that pretty much takes the lakers out for me he's been their Mm -hmm. only uh real well even if he's done even if he does play at all even if he does play against minnesota minnesota's been playing great minnesota has been playing great uh but you know the the lakers could still fall in lose to the timberwolves but still fall into the eighth spot if they were to win their first game yeah that's true you like new orleans i do like new orleans i think they're i like the makeup of their team I, i just don't really the only team i really trust in in a one-game situation like this out of these teams would be, right now, Minnesota. Uh, you know, all these other teams are, are – it depends on – I've heard Paul George is shooting again. I don't know if he's going to be back in time for a playing tournament or if they were to get past that into the playoffs. But, you know, I, I think the Spurs, DeJounte Murray could have a great game and they could be mm-hmm. a tough out for a one-game situation. But – you know, Minnesota has been playing better than just about any team in the league over the past couple of weeks. So they're the only team I think in this this situation that I could really say uh, that's the the team I would feel confident about going in and winning one game. These other three teams, you know, the Lakers could show up and play great, but you just aren't sure if they if it's going to be yeah the good Lakers or the bad Lakers. Is, is Westbrook going to shoot reasonably well? Is he going to have twelve turnovers like? You just don't know with this team. That'd be pretty crazy, right? If if LeBron's out and AD's out and Westbrook takes him to the playoffs, because that's possible. Uh, sure, it's possible. I, I would definitely feel good for him. You know, just in general, the guy's taken a lot of heat this year. Some of it's deserving. Definitely not anywhere near all of it. But uh, I've always liked Russell Westbrook as a player, and I, I think he plays the game the right way. So that would be cool to see. 
a little validation for him. All right. I see Denver in here. I see the Jazz. Denver's a scary team. Yeah, for sure. For Sass, sure. I Sass mean, no, no one's talking Rock. about the Warriors either anymore. Like, they, they could definitely get Steph Curry back at some point and be catapulted right back into that top contending team in the Western Conference all over again. And, dude, we ha- really haven't even talked about Minnesota. I, I mean, this team, number one in the league in points per game now. They've been playing lights out. They're shooting the ball like crazy. Do I think it's going to continue and, and have enough momentum for them to make a run in the playoffs? Probably not. But if I'm Memphis, you know, a team that is new to this whole playoff thing, especially being a favorite in the playoffs, seeing Minnesota in the first round would be – not the greatest thing in the world, I think. Yeah, you don't want the yeah. hottest team in the league coming yeah. into your place night one of the playoffs. And if you're not healthy, yeah, that doesn't help either. Sean says, Bleacher Report put out an article that has the team regretting the trade so far, and Kings was one of them with Halley and Sabonis. Your take? Too early. Uh, it's way too early to tell uh, on that. I don't see how you could – look at what has happened since the trade for both teams and say that you, you already regret pulling the trigger on the trade. It's just, it's way too early. There's more time. You need more time to determine this. Plus there's more work to be done. Like we said. And you know, when the Kings traded boogie to the Pelicans, when boogie got hurt, everyone's screaming, the Kings won the trade. The Kings won the trade. Did the Kings really win the trade? Did any of these teams really win the trade? Like the Kings, got Buddy Heald, uh, they didn't hit on any of those other draft picks, and then they end up trading uh, Buddy Heald in a, basically a salary dump for me. You know, like, yes, we got Sabonis, who's a great player, but it's not because of Buddy Heald. Yeah, I think the playoff drought uh, is sort of inflating this opinion or, the, or this article, too. You know, like, if the Kings hadn't missed the playoffs for 15 going on 16 seasons – and they pulled this trade, you know, I don't think you would hear people say as much like, oh, they're already regretting it. Because everything about this season was this is the year that we break the drought. We're all in on this um, trade deadline. We're going to go get a a multiple all-star back. We we started off slow, but this is going to be what revives us and gets us into the playoffs. The fact that that's not happening, I think it's unfair to say that the trade has failed because just because of this one yeah. season, them not making the playoffs. And they but at the same time, either. it's adding on to why you know everything that the, every move the Kings do from this point on until they make the playoffs again is going to be heavily scrutinized because they're the biggest losers in the NBA. Oh, that hurts to hear, Calvin. But it's, it's the truth. It's though. true. Yeah, I know. And you know, one of the things that Monty, you know, was very adamant about when he made that trade is he's like, this trade is not to just improve us this season. It's to improve this season and beyond. You know, if Sabonis was, you know, on an expiring contract and could potentially leave the Kings this offseason and walk away for nothing, then I'd probably be screaming like, Hey, this trade didn't help us. We gave up a guy. We mortgage our future for one year to try and make the playoffs, and it didn't work. But that's not that's not the truth. That's not what happened. You know, Sabonis, unfortunately, has been dealing with some injuries. De'Aaron Fox has been dealing with some injuries. The Kings could have won a few more games here if both of those guys had remained healthy throughout the season. But that's just part of the game, and that's how it goes. The Kings have Sabonis locked up for next season. 
and I think that they're going to go into next season strong. And, you know, call me a homer here, but I, I think the Kings are making the playoffs next season. I, I really do. And hopefully they can turn it around. AZ cards, Phoenix Suns, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully you're not in Scottsdale right now because yeah. that place is way too much fun. Yeah, good luck to you if you are in Scottsdale. <laughs> Who are you guys taking in the East? That's tough. I'm still going Milwaukee. They've been my pick for pretty much since the second half of the season. There are a lot of teams I like in the East, but I'll go with Milwaukee. I'm going to go with a finals yeah. rematch, actually. Phoenix-Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I agree. How do you guys feel about these road wins? Should we be losing or winning? Well, I mean, the the Heat just came off of a four-game losing streak, and they have you know the best record in the East. Uh, I didn't expect the Kings to win them or beat them at all, especially missing their first and second best player. Uh, however, you consider those guys, Fox and Sabonis, in that order because we can't seem to agree here on the channel. Um, but, you know, the Kings did what they did in Orlando, what they were meant to do. Uh, I don't think that win is going to affect the Kings in the standings at all. So I I'm completely happy with an overtime win to see our rookie Davion Mitchell playing well. Uh, I, I think it's a win-win for Sacramento. Yeah, they really can't make too much of a change or, or improve their, their lottery odds at this point even if they were to lose the, every game for the rest of the way. So I don't it it sounds funny to say it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, but at this point it really doesn't. You just like Barry said, you want to see these guys playing well to finish the year, Davion definitely being one of them. Um there you know, there are certain things specifically Xs and Os wise I think that you could try to look for to go into the off season defensively, playing as a team, things like that, how you play screen and roll all this stuff, there there are definitely things that they should be looking for. But in terms of does winning or losing help you more at this point, it really doesn't either way. Yeah, I mean, you look at the last four games for the Kings. They went two and two. Their losses came to Miami and Phoenix, the two top teams in either conference. And then they were able to win against, uh, you know, Indiana and Orlando, which are two of the lower teams in the conference. But just looking here at, at the scores here, Davion Mitchell, 28 points, 25 points, 22 points, 21 points. Three out of those four games, he leads the team in assists. You know, we've seen Trey Lyles step up. We've seen Damian Jones step up. We've all been talking about all these young guys on this team, and they're actually getting time to play now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like it a lot. But, you know, speaking of, of losses and wins and moving on here, the Kings have six games left in this season. The next two games are on the road against Houston. The last time the Kings played Houston, uh, they split the series one and one. As you mentioned, Houston has an amazing bench, and they score a ton of points off the bench. You know, what are you really looking forward to in these last two games against Houston, Calvin? I just want to see Davion keep doing Davion things out here. I mean, this, like we just said, it's there's not really much else to expect from this team at this point. Win or lose, it doesn't really change anything for them. You know, from a fan's perspective, or if you're just going to sit down and watch the game, of course you want to see them win. Like, it's going to make it 
more entertaining for you. But uh, yeah, I just am looking for basically the same things. Davion continuing to play well. I want to see what kind of lineups and rotations they're going to use. You know, how much is is Metsu going to continue to play? How much are they going to look for out of Lyles? Uh, what is DiVincenzo looking like? Does he finish the year, you know, shooting well from three? Um, and, and being kind of more of a focal point in this lineup, or or who's it going to be? You know, Jeremy Lamb. It, it changes from night to night. So, they yeah. I, I just want to see the Kings play well, w- win or lose. A little bit better defensively, and, and you know they got to hit their outside shot in a, if they want to be in any game. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. What's up, Fred? Good to see you there. I hope you're enjoying uh, the debut of our new background for our second channel, Basketball at the Bar. If you'd like to subscribe to that, it's uh, pinned in the chat and also in the description of this video. Starting April 11th, we will be uh, covering the entire NBA, but don't worry, Royal Rebounds is not going anywhere. And yes, go to manscaped.com, use the coupon code ROYALFAMILY, one word, all capitals, you get 20% off and free shipping. I've been loving my lawnmower 4.0, Calvin. I, I really have. All right, Sean, really want to hear y'all's thoughts on Buddy's comment on Kings having him camp at the three-point line. It's total bullshit, but it's something that guys will do all the time when they get moved to another spot. They'll call out their old team. They'll say that uh, the situation wasn't right. They weren't using me the right way. That I'm a better player than that, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's just simply not true though. He he was moved around the court constantly, both by design and by his own doing, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you expect from a guy that's one of the best three point shooters in the league and not good at handling the ball and seems to turn the ball over in very critical situations? You know, I, I, for one, have been very adamant about the fact that like, you need to use guys in situations or put them in situations where they can succeed. And, you know, unfortunately for Buddy Heald, as hard of a worker as he is, I think he's best put running around and camping in the corner and hitting threes. Like, that, that's just what he does. And, you know, like, whatever he wants to say, as Calvin mentioned, guys – always seem to, you know, rag on their old team when they left, especially yeah. the team. Marvin Bagley did it too. Yeah, that they <laughs> like weren't the excited about. Week. But, you know, dude was taking nine three-point attempts a game. Nine three-point attempts. And this is for a guy that, like, came off the bench. Like, how many games does this guy even start in Sacramento? Six games this season? Yeah. And he's averaging nine three-point attempts a game. Like, if you're a shooter, what else could you really want? Yeah, he was in a, a great situation, but that that's the way it goes. You, you know, these guys are prideful guys. Um, if they're asked their opinions on stuff like that, especially if you're just coming from kind of a scorned, you know, situation where, uh, look, from Buddy Heald's perspective, he's known that the Kings have wanted him out for a while now, right? And he's just kind of been – yeah stuck there uh i gotta give him props for you know still working yeah still coming to yeah. work you know all that stuff but yes but, it, but to say that he was just hit in the corner here and and that's all the kings used out of him it's completely false obviously what do you do for a guy that turns the ball over and is not good at defense like i would hide him in the corner too and i'm not saying that that's what yeah. happened 
But if I was the coach, I'd be like, hide that dude in the corner. And when somebody cheats, give him the ball and let him make it because that's where he shoots well. What's up, Tanvir? Good to see you. Calvin, Tanvir wants your thoughts on the remaining six games for your Sacramento Kings. Well, we kind of just talked about this, but, you know, it's not about wins and losses anymore. That doesn't help you or hurt you really either way. It's just about developing some of these young guys. I'd like to see Keita play more um, as the, the final six games come and go. And it's trying to figure out what pieces are, are meant to stay here and are going to be part of the puzzle going into next season. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of, I think, question mark type guys or, or do how much money do you offer these guys to come back? Guys like Damian Jones, um, you know, is Justin Holiday the long-term starter? Do we get rid of him and make Dante DiVincenzo the starter at shooting guard? Those aren't questions that you're going to have answered in the final six games, but these guys, the way that they play, are de- it's definitely going to go into – how you determine or or finish that equation. Yeah. All right. Hear me out here, guys. Before you guys get all on what I'm about to say, the Kings have six games left on the season. I think all these games are actually winnable games. I really do. You know, you look, you have Houston coming up twice, not a good team. Golden State, they've already, you know, secured their position. They're trying to get healthy. Maybe they don't really care much about that game. New Orleans is and and uh, the Clippers are the only real games here that I see are like the other team might be trying their hardest, but even those games could be a bad night matchup, uh, players out, you know, not ready. The last game is against Phoenix. They've already locked up the best seed in the league. Like how many guys are they actually going to play in that game? So you know what I'm getting to here is just the fact that whatever they go on these last six games. I really don't think that's going to affect the Kings that much in the standings. Now, if they were to win all six of these games, which is not very realistic, but it is possible, they could potentially make the plan. Do I think they're going to make the plan? No, I think they're out. I really do. But if you look at a team like Phoenix, what they did in the bubble, they won their last eight games, they missed the playoffs, they were able to make some moves in the offseason, and they basically turned their franchise around I'm looking for something similar in Sacramento. I'm not saying they're going to win all six of these games, especially missing, you know, their two best players. But I think the Kings have an opportunity to play some of their young guys to try and get some stuff working and get some momentum going into next season. That's my thoughts. Hopefully that's, that's enough for you, Tanvir. All great in Sacktown, Vinny. Life is good. Man, I'm so bummed I didn't get to meet up with you, Fred, um, you know, for the farewell to Arco. Our, our flight got delayed, and, and we just got in too late. But we will definitely come see you again soon. I heard one of you guys say that the Kings will make the postseason next year. If that's the case, who are you going to remove from the current group to not make the postseason next year? Uh, that is a, a tricky question. It is a tricky question. Callie, I mean, I, I think that you can say whoever ends up being the eight seed this year, depending on what happens next season, certainly the Clippers are going to get some some pretty big pieces back. I mean, there's even talk of Kawhi coming back for the playoffs this year. Uh, so if the Clippers are fully, fully healthy, that would be tough for me to call there. 
Um, but you don't know what's going to happen in the off season. We've heard Donovan Mitchell might want out of Utah. Yep. That's obviously going to have a huge ripple effect through their their team. Not saying that the Jazz are the the odd man out yet, but uh, I, I don't know how Minnesota is going to look next year either. They're they're a team that definitely hasn't proven it to me yet. Mm -hmm. I think they're on the the right track, but in terms of them being a perennial playoff team, I'm not ready to to make that pick just yet so i think minnesota possibly is the, the team that gets left out whoever that eight seed is gets left out it, it's so hard though with with an offseason looming you know the the makeup of these teams is going to change you know every year is a new year every team has injuries so it who knows like you know the warriors might suffer another yeah. injury plague season and yeah. they're the odd team out it, you just yeah. don't know i was just gonna say that it, it is really too early to tell. You know, we're all talking about how Phoenix is, you know, a lock to make the finals, blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm interested to see what that team's going to look like next year. What happens with, with Aiton? Um, you know, like, not that he is a huge impact or, or exactly who they are as a team, but the dude's averaging like 17 and 10, and he's played really, really well. Uh, what's going to happen with the contract situation with him? What's going to happen with Chris Paul's health? How's that going to impact some of these other guys on the team? I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm just giving you examples of why these teams can move up and down so fast. You talk about Golden State. They missed the playoffs, uh, I think, two or three consecutive years due to injuries. Uh, how are they going to look next year? Uh, what about Dallas? You know, we know what to expect from Luka Doncic, but they trade away Porzingis. What are they going to do to build out the rest yeah, of that team? I still think it's incredible Dallas has stayed where they've been at pretty much all season long. Uh, yeah. Like, that, they're they're a very surprising team to me this year. Does Utah blow it up, as Calvin mentioned? We're not really sure what's going to happen there. Denver, they've been dealing with a ton of injuries. You know, if I were to look into my crystal ball and make a prediction, I'm going to say Denver is going to be healthy and be one of the top teams in the West next year, but I really don't know. You know, you need guys to come back healthy. As Calvin mentioned, Minnesota, uh, I really have no idea what to expect from the Clippers or from New Orleans yeah. because, you know, I like CJ McCollum a lot, but he missed a lot of the season with an injury. We don't know what to expect out of Zion, you know, so there's just so many things. And then what are the Lakers going to do? Is LeBron going to return to the Lakers next season? What's going to happen with Anthony Davis? You know, all, all these little situations add up or players move teams and it can totally like jumble this whole order. Uh, you know, like a couple years ago, no one would have predicted Phoenix was going to be the number one seed after they'd missed the playoffs for like what, like 10 straight years or something like that. Yeah. So I think Sacramento is going to make it um, just looking at them. But if I look, you know, out at the rest of the league, it's it's harder for me to make all those predictions. And uh, Fred, I want you got, uh, I want your thoughts on our new our new setup here. Uh, Basketball at the Bar is our second channel. We will be starting April 11th, doing NBA playoff coverage. It covers the whole league, not just the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, uh, it's pinned up at the top of the chat, so make sure you subscribe to that uh, channel. Are you guys in town? You always have a place to stay. Oh, a place to hang your hat. Have a house in sack, guys. Seven minutes from downtown. Yeah, thanks, man. And you're right, Phoenix. There is a big difference between playing and playoffs. I, I still have to wait for this offseason. I, I, the Kings are not a good enough team right now 
to make the playoffs, as we can clearly see. I yeah. think they need to add more to this roster and, and get a legit coach. If they do those two things, then I, I will say they have a good chance of making the playoffs, the the actual playoffs. Yeah. Sean, what's your, uh, what's your question regarding the draft? Uh, I just want a little bit of clarity from you because, as we mentioned, May 17th, draft lottery, huge day. Uh, but, you know, all that aside, I'm going to guess the Kings are trading the pick. So uh, that means they probably will not be in the draft. But you never know. You never know. Your, th- your thoughts? I fully expect them to try to trade this pick to, to get a big-time player. Um, whether it's number seven all the way up to number one, even if they land the number one pick, I still expect them to try to trade it. Yeah. I think that's the mentality. And as I mentioned earlier, I would not be surprised if they trade the pick Davion Mitchell in a salary filler like Rashawn Holmes or Harrison Barnes for a big name guy. But that is only if that big name guy is available because it takes two to tango and you can't trade for anybody if they're not available. All right, Calvin, I think I'm ready to wrap up the show here. Anything else you want to talk about? Thanks for watching, you guys. It's been it, a little while. We're, we're done taking trips for a couple <laughs> weeks here, so we'll be in <laughs> studio for the rest of the season. Yes, thank you guys so much for watching uh, another episode of the Royal Rebounds podcast. Make sure you smash up that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you check out Basketball at the Bar starting April 11th. In the top of the chat here, you can see a link to that. It's also in the description of this video. Uh, we're going to be dropping a, a music video here in the next couple days, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And uh, it's going to be a really fun show where we talk about a ton of basketball and we try and get you guys involved as much as we can. All right, guys, have a wonderful evening. And in the meantime, go Kings. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just to be up in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations, got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the cloud and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, grab your Drink let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Let's get it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.